Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. We're gonna to be talking about training and we're gonna start by giving you a quick overview of the hierarchy of training, what I like to call it. We're gonna be talking mostly about fat loss because to be honest, that's the thing that people tend to be most worried about. Um, there are other sort of complicating factors to add to this, but as a general overview, this is gonna serve you pretty well as a structure. So what you need to know is you need to basically understand how training is ordered in terms of what is most important and what is least important, and also what is the best use of your time versus what's the, the worst use of your time so that you can actually help to get the most return on your training as possible. Now, before we start, I wanna just make a quick little run through in terms of just making sure you understand what the problems are. And the main one is that people are completely lost when it comes to training. For a lot of people, they think that exercise is exercise and ultimately whatever they do is gonna have the same level of impact in terms of helping them to achieve the goal they want to achieve. This is absolutely not true. What exercises are is they're different tools that offer you different benefits and different have different sort of opportunities and costs. So a lot of people's training routine is actually quite short-sighted. It doesn't really, it may sort of feel like the right thing to do in the moment, but in the long term, it's not helping them to, to build what they want to build and it's not helping them to actually ultimately achieve their goal and be able to maintain it. So it ends up with a lot of wasted time. And the last thing that I want you to do is to be wasting your time with training. I want you to be uh, really sort of focused. I want you to make sure that you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. Go at it really hard, stop, move on with your life and get back to doing what you'd, um, well, what else, whatever, whatever else you've got to be doing. So key principles, before we start, I just wanna make a quick caveat. So we're gonna be talking mostly about fat loss. Um, the, the thing I want to make sure that is kind of throughout this program and something that you don't ever forget is that if you're not making progress, the reason you're not making progress is not because you're not training enough, it's because your diet is wrong. So the first thing we need to do is we need to review the diet. Let's say you are making progress and you want to train because it's gonna make you stronger, it's gonna make you live longer, it's gonna make you fitter, healthier, it's gonna make you feel good, it's gonna make you look good, like all of these things. If, if that's the case for your training and you want to use your training to accelerate the progress that you're already making and make sure that the, the sort of the energy deficit that you're creating is getting pushed towards you basically uh, taking sort of calories out of your fat stores and giving you the best possible return on investment, then that's what we're gonna be doing, okay? There's no magic here that's gonna make uh, a bad balance better. So let's get started. Basically, the most important thing for you to be doing in terms of exercise to help you to promote fat loss is what's termed metabolic resistance training. Now, I'm sure you know resistance training is lifting weights. It's um, typically sort of low rep stuff, which is relatively low reps. So for example, if you go for a run, you might do a thousand reps, or probably more than that. Um, whereas this is relatively lower rep stuff. And what metabolic resistance training is, is basically what I get you to do, which is basically days where we split upper body and lower body in the same day, so that you're basically continuously working some aspect of your of your body, but not working, but each individual sort of muscle group is getting a rest. So you might do an upper body exercise, a lower body exercise. You might do later on down the program, you might do a push exercise and a pull exercise, so that you're basically continuously working, but different muscle groups are having the high intensity effort rest, high intensity effort rest. Okay, this is what is termed as metabolic resistance training. It's kind of like circuit training. 
The benefits of this are this sort of approach are threefold. So the first one is that it burns calories. So lifting weights burns calories. The more weight that you can lift, uh, the stronger that you get, the more calories you will burn. So as every time you get stronger, every time you increase the amount of energy that you can actually put into a bar, is increasing the amount of calories burnt in a session. It's a constant investment. The stronger you get, the more you can burn. It's something that you want to continue to work towards. The second thing is what's known as EPOC. Um, you probably know roughly what this is. Uh, it stands for uh, Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Consumption. And basically what it is, is it's the afterburn effect, which is probably what it's more popularly known as. What the afterburn effect means is, is that your body basically borrows energy in an inefficient way uh, from different stores in your body and later on in the day it needs to use oxygen in order to basically return things back to normal. In essence, you go to the gym, you develop some epoch, which is um, basically a debt that needs repaying and then you continue to use more oxygen and burn more calories when you go back to the desk after lunch. So what that does is it actually increases your calorie burning over 24, even 48 hours um, versus just burning calories is just like you burn calories and then it's done. This means that you can actually burn way, way, way more calories by doing something that promotes this epoch effect than if you do something that doesn't. The third thing is it retains and or develops muscle tissue. Now, in terms of having a sort of athletic and sort of healthy body, muscle tissue is your number one currency. The, the thing I want you to be aware of is that actually muscle tissue is very costly to hold on to. It is very what you call metabolically active and it burns a lot of calories by just sitting there doing nothing. So the, when you create a deficit, your body will naturally use muscle tissue in order to feed that deficit. It will, you will burn muscle by eating less. The way that you can prevent that is by doing resistance training. So basically what you do is if you're in a deficit and you do resistance training, you keep your muscle tissue and you burn more fat. This is a good thing. This is what we want to do. The other thing is that if you're doing resistance training and you're not in a deficit or you're about level, then you will develop muscle tissue and you will burn fat up to a point. And if that's basically will happen for about the first three to six months after that, that's not really possible. And then if you're, in an, um, if you're in an energy surplus, then you will develop muscle tissue. But that's not really what we're here for. We're not here to help people get massive muscles. What we're here to do is help people get strong, keep the muscle tissue that they've got or develop it a little bit and actually help them to lose fat. So you've got three main things that metabolic resistance training does. It burns calories, as every exercise does. It also stimulates your metabolism so that you're burning fat for about 48 hours afterwards, up to. And it also helps to retain slash develop muscle tissue. This is good. The next level down is high-intensity interval training. Now, high-intensity interval training also burns calories because all movement does, and it also creates this epoch effect. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't help you to retain muscle tissue. So if you just do a HIIT training plan and you are in a calorie deficit and you're doing a HIIT training plan, which is basically typified by very high intensity, short duration bouts of exercise. So something like somewhere between 10 and probably 30 seconds, followed by a rest break of something like three minutes, right? If you do, if you just do that and you, um, you are in a deficit, there's a chance that you'll lose some muscle and that's not good for the reasons that we just said. So that's why I would say this is good, but not as good as resistance training. The next level down is aerobic intervals. 
And for some reason, this is what a lot of people um, describe as high-intensity interval training, and it's not. The aerobic intervals are where you have long periods of exercise, so maybe two or three minutes, followed by short periods of exercise with 30 seconds up to a minute. And I want you to think of something like a spin class. This is aerobic interval training. It's good. It's got tons of good reasons why you should do it, but it's much less good at burning fat than high-intensity interval training and resistance training because the epoch effect that you develop is much less. So you burn calories and you do burn a good amount of calories doing something like a spin class, but the amount of calories that you continue to burn over the next 24 to 48 hours is actually not that much. So it is good for a lot of reasons, um, but it's not the best. The next thing is high intensity aerobic work. So this would be sitting on a bike, sitting on a treadmill, sitting on a cross trainer and getting up to a point where you're quite sort of breathing quite heavily and just maintaining that for I don't know, however long people do it for, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Um, and this is excellent if you want to be an endurance athlete, but this is not quite so good if you want to promote fat loss. Because again, what this is not doing is it's not promoting the retention of muscle tissue. So you will be burning um, your muscle by doing this. You will be burning things like bones. So your bone density won't be being improved by doing this. Um, because you're in a deficit, your body will use resources from those stores in order to help you to basically balance the books. The other thing it doesn't do is it doesn't promote this meta metabolism stimulating effect. So the second you step off the bike, that's it, it's over, right? Um, you probably burn fewer calories doing this than you would do doing a spin class because there is a slight kind of um, sort of burny lactic acid effect on a spin class, but the spin class is mostly in the aerobic zone. The last one is low intensity aerobic training. And this is just walking, um, you know, doing the gardening, sort of this kind of stuff, probably not even doing the gardening. Let's just stick with walking. So this is uh, just walking where you're basically, you're burning calories. Uh, there is no metabolism stimulus whatsoever. There is no retention of muscle tissue and you burn fewer calories by doing low intensity aerobic training than you do um, if you're doing like higher intensity aerobic training or the aerobic intervals. So for the same amount of time, this one burns the most calories, this one burns less, and this one burns less. Now, I just wanna sort of have a little sort of detour for a second. Just because I'm grading these based on their ability for you to burn fat, that doesn't mean they're not useful. Going out for a walk is good for the head. It's good to keep your step count up because it's good to be active. It helps you with your health if you, if you're, if you're, if you walk enough. Um, this kind of thing is really useful if you wanna to help to improve your fitness, if you wanna improve your work capacity. Uh, this kind of thing is useful if you are training for a marathon. It's, it's great. But what we're talking about today is we're talking about purely fat loss, okay? So that's basically the hierarchy. Now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you some training recommendations, which are the, uh, if you have a certain amount of time, this is what you should be doing. So the first thing, if you have one to three hours per week, what you should be doing is you should be using all of that time to do resistance training. You shouldn't be doing anything else. I don't really, if you want optimal results, if you want optimal fat loss, this is what you need to be doing. If you have a little bit more time, so you have three to five hours a week, then you do resistance training, but then what you're gonna do is that you're actually gonna add in some high intensity interval training finishes. Now, you should all have uh, some finishes attached to your workout. Now, this might be using a bike, this might be using a rowing machine, this might be using a sled, this might be doing, you can do it with body weight stuff, so you can do like things like burpees and squat jumps and stuff like that. But basically what you're gonna do is you're gonna do somewhere between this one and this one. 
which is going to be, depending upon your level of experience, it's going to be high intensity with a break. Now, the what that's going to do is it's going to help to actually stimulate your metabolism further on top of your resistance training because you've already basically done the, the, the muscle tissue retention thing. And it's going to stimulate your metabolism further so that you actually make more progress and you burn some extra calories in the process. The last thing is, is if you have over five hours a week, you're already doing your resistance training sort of three or four times a week, you're adding in some interval training finishes at the end of your programs, then on other days, you might want to shove in some extra cardio. Now, what you do is entirely up to you. But for me, the main thing to consider is recovery. Now, this is the most easy thing to recover from. This is harder and this is harder. As far as I'm concerned, one of the big limiting factors for people that have office jobs and that have busy lives and are stressed all the time is recovery. And if you're doing this, and the reason that you're doing this needs to be for, for a good one, if you're doing it because it makes you feel good or you want to add in some active recovery, for the most part, I would recommend doing this, just doing some extra walking, doing some extra steps, because ultimately it's going to help you recover, it's going to be easy to recover from, and it's going to help you burn some extra calories. If you want to do this kind of stuff, then that's absolutely fine. It's absolutely up to you. But I would check that off with me first because it depends upon what the reason for doing it is. In terms of what you're going to get out of this, if you actually stick to this hierarchy and you use this as a template for your, for, to help you to make decisions in terms of what it is that you should be doing and how often it is that you should be doing it, then what you're going to be able to do is actually save a lot of time because... A lot of people, it's like a hamster running on a wheel. It's kind of like they're running, they're trying very hard, but they're, they're putting their energy in the wrong place. Sort the diet out first. If you've got the diet sorted and you're making progress, make sure the time that you invest in your fitness and your strength is put into the right places, which is now in your resistance training and then interval training. Don't waste time with other stuff because it doesn't give you as much back. If you do that, then you have optimal training and you should feel very smug with yourself. So... If you have any questions about this, then I'd love to talk to you about it because I like to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, and otherwise, I suppose I'll see you very soon. I'll probably pop up somewhere shortly.